boils down to these three things. Respect the privacy of others, think before you type, with great power comes great responsibility. No, this is not a line from a superhero comic. This is from Pseudo when you enable the lecture. Today we're not talking about superheroes, we're discussing Unix horror stories. I'm Vinam, and you're listening to The Nixers Podcast. I know, we've all had those horror stories, at least once. No, we don't have to lie. We've all had a bad or worse moment on the Unix system. And probably it's about data loss or a mistyped comment. But it's not only limited to data loss, it could be anything. And those stories are quite amusing and many people can learn from them. So that's what we're going to discuss now, just going through some of those different types of stories and some tips we can learn from them. First story. Here's a pretty bad story. I wanted to have root use TCSH instead of the born shell. So I decided to copy TCSH to user local bin. I created the file etc shells and put user local bin TCSH along with bin sh and bin csh. All seems fine, so I used the chsh, change shell command, and change root shell to user local bin tcsh. So I logged out and tried to log back in, only to find out that I couldn't get back in. Every time I tried to log in, I only got the statement, use local bin tcsh, permission denied. I instantly realized what I had done. I forgot to check that tcsh had execute privileges, and I couldn't get back in as root. After about 30 minutes of getting mad at myself, I finally figured out to just bring the system down to single user mode which only uses the slash bin slash sh. And thankfully I could edit back the password file. Now today this wouldn't happen because we have the pwck command which checks for the integrity of the password file. But that's a nice horror story. Second story. Well, it's nice when you have single user mode to get back into the system and fix stuff. But what if it's a system in the cloud? This is a story from one of my friend and basically it comes down to this. He comes on IRC and he says, well, I have a bit of an issue and then I knew it was about the Unix horror stories. He continues on saying, well, one of my employee did a specific mistake changing the owner of the whole system to www.data. So it's the web root user, probably Apache on the Ubuntu system. So he asked, well, he changed the owner and now I can't log back in as root because I don't have the root password for security reason because it was disabled for through SSH and now I don't have the password of www data either. What should I do? And then I'm like, you should log in into single user mode. And he replies with, 
well, it's a cloud system. I don't have access to the machine. And it comes down to this, begging for the VPS provider to give you back root access. But then the end, he gave up and lost all hopes. Mwah! Story 3. So, one of my colleagues had been itching to get into sysadmin for some time. So last week, he was finally sent on a 5-day sysadmin course run by HP and Bracknell. On the following Sunday, he decided to try out his newfound knowledge by trying to connect and configure a DAT drive on one of our critical test systems. He connected the cables up OK, and then he created the device file using mknot. Unfortunately, he gave the device file the same minor and major device numbers as the root disk. So as soon as he tried to write to his newly installed DAT drive, the machine went tilts up with a corrupt root disk. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a bit of an old story because today most probably those devices would be created automatically by the DevFS or some other mechanism. And you can probably listen back on the podcast about special files for that because the minor and major number are the only thing that the kernel cares about when it relates to devices. And that's why it corrupted the root disk. Every day we learn something new. Story 4. So this one is a personal story. A very intimate one, let's say. About resizing a partition using Gparted. Well, it's a story that dates back to 2010 or 2011. And there was a bug in Gparted that when you resize the X4 partition, it would corrupt it somehow. And I was... I, I wasn't aware of it. And uh, I thought I would make some space for testing up some new distros, dual booting or triple booting, something of that sort. So I resized it and it went corrupt, totally corrupt. I lost the file system on it. And I didn't know, I had no clue how to solve it, how to repair it. And then uh, I just downloaded Photorec and recovered whatever I could from it. And that's very sad. I lost a lot of things that day. Story 5. I was happily churning along developing something on a Sun workstation and was getting a number of annoying permission denied from trying to write into a directory hierarchy that I didn't own. Getting tired of that, I decided to set the permission of that subtree to 777 while I was working so I wouldn't have to worry about it. Someone had recently told me that rather than using plain SU, it was good to use SU dash, but the implications had not yet sunk in. Anyway, I CD'd to where I wanted to be, to the top of my subtree, and I did SU dash. Then I did CHMOD dash R777, so change mod recursively with all the permissions. And then I started to wonder why it was taking so damn long than when there was only about 45 files in that directories. Well, needless to say, su-dash simulates a real login and had put me into the root's home directory, slash. So I was proceeding to set find permissions for the whole system to wide open. I aborted it before it finished, realizing that something was wrong. But this took quite a while to straighten out. Well, today this also wouldn't really happen, depending on the system. On a lot of systems, the home of the root user is slash root. So 
Yeah, hopefully this wouldn't happen again. Story 6 When Unix screws up, it does it very quickly and efficiently. All the burden is on you. So it's about a guy installing a multi-million dollar commercial system on two brand new HPUX servers. So his job was simple, it was to back up the old user home directory to the new one. So I wrote a small simple scripts that would go through the etc password file, get the home directory and the user from that file and chown execute chown recursively through the home directory on the new server. So it seems harmless and would just run in 10 minutes, but that's when problems started. At the same time, people were running acceptance tests, acceptance tests, and they were starting to having problem problems, and the, the system completely went down and malfunctions, and everyone called him. So apparently, there was a bit of a misconception. The home of the root user was slash and the etc password. That means that when it reached the line with the root user, it recursively changed the whole file system, the owner of every single file to root. So he thought there must be a fix, and there was a fix, which is quite a hassle. It was to run the uh, package manager and repair mode, forcing reinstalling every single, uh, single package in the operating system. Story 7. Management told us to email a security notice to every user on, on our system. And at that time it was around 3000 users. A certain novice administrator on our system wanted to do it. So I instructed them to extract a list of the users from etc password, write a simple shell loop to do the job and throw it in the background. Here's what they wrote in born shell. For user and cat user, let's do mail the user with the message done. All that in the background. Have you ever seen a load of over 300 mails? Well, that horror story is very peculiar because it reminds us that um, there was a time where resource usage was a problem it, and it might be related to your horror stories and we can all sympathize with that. Story 8. Cleaning out an old directory I did rmstar then I noticed several files that begin with dot like dot profiles etc still there. So in a fit of obtuse brilliance I type rm-rf.star end. And by the time it stopped it had chewed through three file systems with which all had to be restored from tapes because that star expands to dot dot slash star and the dash r makes it keep walking up the directory to live and learn. So the moral of this story is to learn a bit about your shell expansion from whatever shell you're using. Story 9. I once had problems with files that mysteriously refused to stay changed for very long. It was a PDP-11 Unix system that had crashed and I brought it up to single user mode. I would change some file and it would stay changed for a minute or so, but then revert to its earlier state, contents, protection mode, etc. What happened was that the write protection switch on the disk drive had gotten bumped into the on position but the device driver failed to report any write error. As long as the data stayed in the kernel buffers, the changes took, but they would disappear once the buffer were reused and the system had to reread the disk. Now this story reminds us of uh, some days where we had some hardwares where we had the physical switch for read only. 
and it's pretty fun. Story 10. I once had new MX alias to EM. One day I wanted to edit this startup file and I mistyped rm slash etc slash rc.local instead of the obvious. Fortunately, I just had finished a backup and was now finding the joy of Thor and its love of path names. That slash etc slash rc.local slash etc slash rc.local and etc slash rc.local are not the same for Thor and it takes a long time to search for non-existent files. Well, she didn't find the file because it wasn't in the backup. So you better back up and don't use aliases that are very close or similar to RM. There are a lot of horror stories and I'm gonna link a lot of them in the show notes. There are many links. And on one of those links there are some morals to these stories. Just because it works on a Unix flavor doesn't mean it will work on others, for example. Or if it works on some shell, don't think it would work for some other shell. Read the manual. And never use rm any pattern or rm-i any pattern. Instead, you do some backups more often. More often, just do backups. And don't nuke stuff you are not sure about. Make sure twice or take someone next to you. Take a friend, talk to a ball, talk to whatever before doing anything. Write it down, write what you're going to do down before doing it. Uh, check your backup, make sure they work, test them, uh, and avoid inadequate backups. And also, there's no substitute for experience. Beware of anything recursive when locked in as root. Beware. Never move something important. Copy, verify, and then delete. And when you're doing something big, at least at least check it, type it again, write it down with a pen. Also, never assume that whatever you're doing is right. Check it again. Make sure. Make sure. So we talked a lot about uh, horror stories or what is considered the horror stories. And they were mostly related to data loss. I don't think horror story could be limited to that. They could be related to the program themselves, which are horrific, or resource resource usage. There was one horror story about that we mentioned, or patching vulnerabilities, or hacking, or trolling, whatever. But there's this emphasis on sort of fanatic view on data loss and destruction, and that's why we have the field of information technology. That's why we care about those things. That's what marks us. And that is what constitute our horror stories. But I still don't think it's it could be limited to that. We have many other horror stories and I'd like to hear them. But most of them are related to information loss. So this is it for this podcast. You can always bump on the forums, read a bunch of horror stories. There were only 10 in this podcast. There are way more in the show notes. As usual, you can you can contribute by just bumping the thread with information. So that's it. I hope you're very afraid of losing your data and that you're going to back up. So yeah, this was the horror stories. Hope you enjoyed. Have a wonderful day. It was Vinam for the Nixers podcast. Mm-hmm.